Welcome to an Impact Ministries production brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to this week's Cyber Church broadcast. Man, today we're going to be talking about something that is so strengthening, so encouraging. Uh, it's going to help you face the future and maybe even some of the perils in your life right now with so much more confidence. And today we're kind of getting into more and more of the whole idea of why it is so important for us to know these ancient mysteries. You know, all of these mysteries throughout ancient history that have been discounted as myths uh, are so incredibly important to our faith. Because remember, faith is never trying to uh, hope for or believe for what God will do and try to talk him into it, try to change his mind and all that kind of stuff. Faith is when you know what God has done you know what God has promised. Therefore, you know exactly what to expect of him. So faith is, is full confidence in what God will do based on what God has done and, in fact, what God has promised. So these ancient victories uh, really give us incredible confidence for the world we're in today, and really for the world that is coming upon us, whether we like it or not, whether we believe it or not, whether it fits our theology or not. I'm telling you, everything that the Bible says will come about uh, in the time of sorrows as well as uh, in the beginning of the end. It's going to happen, but the great thing is God tells us exactly how to have victory during those times. By the way, let me just mention if you haven't read my book, Apocalypse, now it's a long read uh, because, you know, this is, this is not for the faint of heart. It's not for people who are just messing around. This is for people who want to really understand all of world history from a biblical point of view, how we got here, what's coming next, and how we'll face it and how we'll conquer it. So you may want to check out Apocalypse. Now listen, God's ancient victories uh really will cause our hearts to soar with faith and with confidence. I mean, stop and think about it. Uh, we're talking about a history where there were giants, Nephilim, where there were all sorts of, of, of spirit uh, creatures, if you will, or uh, half-blood half creatures, if you will. And, and almost all of this stuff has been discounted to biblical myth uh, so that we can't have any real confidence in what God has done in the past. Because if it's a myth, it can't really help us. But the book of Revelation says something so incredibly interesting. Revelation 13, 9 says this. It says, if anyone has an ear, let him hear. Now, now let, me, let me just say this. More than anything else, more Jesus made this statement more than any other single statement about having ears to hear. And we are talking about the ears of our heart. We're not talking about our, about our natural ears. And the one key to being an overcomer in every situation that you ever face is whether or not you can hear 
recognize and trust the voice of God in your heart. And uh, if you can't, then very probably you will not follow your shepherd, your Lord, your shepherd. You will not follow him in paths of righteousness and victory and peace and provision and protection. Instead, you'll run down some path that makes sense to you and end up in trouble, and then you'll think that God has abandoned you. We don't, we don't want that to happen. So Revelation 13, 9 starts right out. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Now listen to this. He who leads, this is a scriptural truth. He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. And here is the patience and the faith of the saints. So he is saying, and this is taken from the book of Revelation. This is taken from a time when the Antichrist and his armies are rising up all over the world and declaring war on the people of God and trying to actually bring about the destruction of planet Earth. You know, that, that's an amazing thing is that when you start really recognizing wickedness, you realize wickedness really doesn't want to live and let live. Wickedness doesn't really say, you know something, as long as you don't bother us, uh, we're going to go ahead and do all of our wicked stuff, but just you all just leave us alone. No, wicked is only content and only satisfied, number one, uh, if they can drag you into their wickedness. But number two, wickedness is, is not content to let you live unless you come into wickedness uh, with them, unless you come into agreement with their wickedness. And the moment, you know, and, and so the real goal of wickedness is ultimately the destruction of mankind. It's the destruction, you know, starts out as the destruction of the family, destruction of individuals through substance abuse and, and sin and murder and all this kind of stuff. But ultimately, the real goal of wickedness is the destruction of all of the human race. Now, I want you to understand something that. The Antichrist and his armies, they are not coming because they think that this is an opportunity for them to win against God. They know there is no winning against God. They're coming to bring about the destruction of the human race and the destruction of all mankind. Now, we, if we know what God has done in the past... How do I know this saying is true, that he who dies by the sword will, or he who lives by the sword will die by the sword? How do, I, how do I know that's true? Well, I know that's true based on history, but I don't know that's true based on the lying, false history that we are being taught in our schools, that the news media is handing out. Uh, uh, you know, what we're hearing now is not actual history. This is a, a rewrite of history. This is a twisting of history to make it say what the wicked in the world want it to say, to make you lose hope, to make you lose confidence, not only in yourself and in, and in our country, but also confidence in God, to bring you to the place where you don't believe that God can help you in your time of trouble. You don't believe God will help you in your time of trouble. So when we look back and see and understand what has happened in the past, when wickedness has raised its ugly, filthy head to destroy the human race, you need to know what happened and how God handled it so that you can understand and be ready and believe for what God's going to do for you. You see, we, uh, 
the, the Bible is filled with knowledge. And uh, this, so much of this knowledge is like a mystery. It's not a mystery that God has hidden from us. It's a mystery that our own heart, our own ignorance, our own unbelief hides from us because, because the Bible is open for anybody to read. And really, really, as much as I dislike almost every translation of the Bible, uh, there's not enough in there to mess you up too bad. And the real truth, if you study and pray, you'll never get messed up by anything that you read in almost any translation of the Bible. But the Bible is a book of knowledge that reveals to us um, the knowledge of God. And, and listen, we can have the knowledge of God. Uh, and so with the knowledge of God, uh, who God is, what God has done, what God has performed in the past, and the real truth is we're going we're gonna to know what's going to come in the future. Now, I want you to understand something about the knowledge of God. When God created the heavens and the earth, he did that. He didn't do that from within this realm or this space of the material world. You know, God lives outside of the material world and so important or outside the created world. It's so important to understand that because our God, the creator God, is the first of all of the gods that were not subject to uh uh, the rules of nature. Now, all of the other gods were false gods. They were, they were spirit beings that had come to planet Earth, had come and crossed over through one of the many portals that are evidently all over, all over the Earth. And we've t already talked a little bit about that. It, you know, Jacob had a dream about that. The King James calls it, calls it uh, a ladder going up to heaven. Actually, it was a stairway going up to heaven, and it was a portal where uh, spirit uh, beings crossed over from the eternal side into the created side and, and carried out tasks for God and, and this sort of thing. Then ultimately, there was a rebellion among what the group that was called the Watchers, and they crossed over, and as we've said, they began to have sexual relationships with women, with the daughters of men, and they have an offspring that basically, the Bible calls that offspring Nephilim. That's one of many Hebrew uh, words given to this group. And, uh, and they were half human and half spirit being. And the Nephilim came, and they came for the, the purpose of destroying planet Earth, of destroying the human race, of destroying the knowledge of God here on, here on planet Earth, about, you know, of reaping destruction and, and havoc and, and ultimately uh, uh, destroying what God loves the most. Now, I have to say this. I have to make sure you understand this. Remember, Satan has no illusion that he will ever win this battle because, in fact, from the very first rebellion in heaven, all of the angels were bound in darkness, and they are still bound until Judgment Day. He knows he cannot overthrow God. And you know, we've already talked about the five rebellions, how that he has lost every single rebellion. So the only thing that uh, Satan has, the only thing that a Luciferian has, a devil worshiper, the only thing that they have that they can do 
is to destroy what God loves most, and what God loves most is the human race. And so uh, there, there's no warfare going on between God and the devil. That's, that's already done. There's a warfare going on in the hearts and minds of, the, of men and women to decide whether or not they believe and trust God and believe that life, that the life that God offers us is the best quality of life possible or to pursue wickedness, selfishness, and self-gratification as a means for a, a happy life. Now, when God created all things that exist, you have to understand all of the heavenly hosts was there. They were observing creation. Therefore, whenever the watchers came to planet Earth and when they gave birth to the Nephilim, then they knew things about geometry. They knew things about physics. They knew things about how the world worked and the natural laws of the world that the human race did not know. Therefore, they knew how to use those laws uh, to really make themselves appear as if they were gods, as if they were supernatural beings. And so as such, they distorted the concept of who God was. And actually, they taught that the creator God was evil. And, and the way that you would know that he was evil was because bad things happened in the world. And if he was a good God, he wouldn't let bad things happen. And of course, that you know, that drives right at the root of what we believe about God's creation of man. Do you believe we have authority over in planet Earth? If you don't believe that, then that, that makes sense. That logic resonates with you. But the truth is, God can't violate our will. Planet Earth has become and is becoming and will become what human beings want it to come. Now, in the Garden of Eden, man was exposed to the tree of life and to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, uh, you know, th there's a lot of things that we don't really know clearly about what happened in Eden. You know, uh, many people think that, uh, that Adam and Eve never ate of the tree of life. I think they did. I think, I think they did continually, very probably. But uh, as my understanding of, of, of the Hebrew word for life that's used there in the tree of life is, is, is you experience that life and then because you experience it, you understand it. It's not a question if you can academically explain it. It's not a question of can you have an intellectual debate and discussion about it. It's have you experienced that life? And, and now that you have experienced it, even though it may not be explainable to anyone else, you understand how this life of God works. So man had access to the knowledge of God. Now, uh, it is assumed by many, and I think it's a reasonable assumption. I think there are some indicators that this is true, that in the garden, uh, it wasn't just a matter of man going to the tree of life and sitting down and eating by himself, and then suddenly, bam, he has this revelation. Um, many uh, Hebrew scholars believe that uh, God actually met them there at the tree of life and shared with them when they wanted when they wanted to experience the life of God they met with God personally it wasn't just a matter of, I'm gonna eat, I'm gonna eat whatever this fruit on this tree is they ate it they communed with God they experienced life in their in their own heart 
And they went away, not only experiencing life, but with an understanding, with really what we would call the spiritual or secret or sacred knowledge of how this all works. Now, we know that there in the tree, um, uh, or in the garden, there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, the thing about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is, is this. Man got all of the knowledge that he needed to experience life on the best possible terms when he would eat from the tree of life and, as I said earlier, very probably then enter into fellowship and communion with God. And, 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 and there would be like a teaching session. There would be like, okay, here, here, here is this life. Now, here's what's happening to you. And, and, and God would probably teach them and explain them. I, I, I tell you, it just, it's just so phenomenal to me uh, if, that, if all of that is accurate. And like I say, there's every reason to believe that it actually is accurate. Now, whenever man chose to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then the idea here is not just the fact that I'm eating from a tree that you said not to eat from. That's, that really kind of is almost, it's almost a moot point. The key is this. We want to know all of the secret knowledge. We want to know all of the secrets of the universe, but we want to know this apart from God. We don't really want God interpreting what is good and evil. We don't really want God showing us how to use this to live in our lives. We want to take this. We want to use this for ourselves the way that we decide that we want to use it. If we call it good, it's going to be good. If we call it evil, then it's going to be evil. But that's our choice since we have dominion over, over planet Earth and God actually doesn't. So, you know, I think that one of the reasons that, that God had to put man out of the garden was uh, because uh, if he had continued access to the tree of life, he would eat from the tree of life and he would gather knowledge that God up to that point was freely giving. You know, he would gather knowledge about the supernatural. He would gather knowledge about how to manipulate every natural power on earth through his authority, not through, not through magic, not through, you know, some magic formulas and, and, and that sort of thing. It, he would be able to do it just from being created in the likeness of God. You know, I read in a, in a book that was several thousand years old where, uh, where in ancient China, uh, 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 one of the rulers was studying medicine. And he was just so overwhelmed. And he said to his teacher, he said, he said, this is so amazing that we can just apply this truth here and we can influence the organs inside of our body and we can get ourselves well and whole. And his teacher said to him, and I'll tell you, this, this stuck in me, and I don't even know, 20, 25 or 30 years ago, I read this. But his teacher said, when we knew who we were, we could do this with our minds. In other words, when we really knew who we were, we didn't have to have herbs. We didn't have to have these therapies. We could just regulate our bodies and heal them with our minds. Why with our minds? Because we had authority, because we God had given us this authority to do this. Well, I want you to understand something. Ever since man came out of the garden, he has, he, he, has, he has sought, he has attempted 
to discover the secret knowledge, the, the sacred secrets, if you will, uh, uh, that people have claimed to know for thousands of years uh, and, and claim that, that these secrets will give them uh, power over the world, power over the economy, power over other people. And so, and so there's always been this quest for secret knowledge, but there's also always been claims from different groups who felt like they had secret knowledge. Now, one of the interesting guys in the Old Testament, and we've mentioned him already, is Nimrod. Now, Nimrod was, in fact, a, a, a Nephilim. And the Bible, the Bible points that out. And as you remember, you know, and I'm, I'm, we'll read it in just a moment, but, but Nimrod, Nimrod started the, the city of what became Babylon. And Babylon, to this day, Mystery Babylon, represents the force that is at work in the world. You know, if you read Revelation 16, 17, 18 in there, you, you, you have an opportunity to see the fall of Mystery Babylon. Now, Mystery Babylon is nearly as we can tell based on what it says in the book of Revelation is, in fact, the world economic system. And uh, Mystery Babylon, you know, was a harlot and she was drinking from a cup filled with the blood of the saints. And, um, and so it says that all the kings of the earth, in other words, all the politicians and kings of the earth, pretty much sold out God's people in order to take control of the financial wealth of planet Earth. Well, that's exactly what's happening in the world right now. The elite, people think that there's a battle between Democrats and Republicans, between conservatives and liberals. No, there's not. There is a battle between the godless elite who intend to take all control of all of the wealth and the assets of the entire world and to share it among a very small group of people to eradicate hundreds of millions uh, of other people that we would call middle class people and keep a, and after eradicating them, keeping a small group of people to be their slaves and their servants because they don't believe in God. They don't believe in eternity. As a matter of fact, they're trying to cheat eternity and they believe they're going to get all these resources for them and for their future generations. And they also believe that they're going to find the secret knowledge to sustaining life, whether it's, you know, uh, uh, whether it's a uh, uh, mechanical life or however they think they're going to get it trust me they think this is coming now so uh nimrod by the way was the first false christ nimrod built babylon and like i say mystery babylon by the, by the way one of the reasons we understand that that uh, uh mystery babylon is probably linked to the economic system is because when the great harlot is destroyed by the beast, which is the Antichrist, uh, then it says the whole earth mourns. And all the people that it talks about mourning are people who are involved, you know, with shipping, with, with uh, jewels, and all of these things uh, of value that are linked to the economy. Those are the people that are mourning. The, the regular common man is not mourning over this, but those who are tied into the world system are mourning. Now, whenever... Uh, I'm going to just give you some characteristics of Nimrod. First of all, the Bible says that Nimrod was a hunter of men before the Lord. Now, this doesn't mean, uh, or it says, it says he was a great hunter before the Lord. Now, 
as far as we can understand from the language, this doesn't mean he hunted animals for people and he was a benevolent provider. It means he hunted people and he put himself ahead of the Lord and he enslaved people by alienating them from God. Now, I'm just going to hit this because I cover this in, in my book, Apocalypse. But um, Nimrod was eventually killed. And according to his uh, uh, wife, who was also his stepmother, I believe, um, uh, he was raised from the dead and became the sun god. And she supposedly sat in the warm rays of the sun and had an immaculate conception. And, and by the rays of the sun god beaming down on her, she conceived and gave birth to their, to their child. And so... Uh, uh, this was, like all things occult, like all things demonic, this was uh, an attempt to uh, undermine the confidence in the coming Messiah, but also more than anything else, to, to make people doubt or think that the prophecy of the coming Messiah had already been filled when in fact it really hadn't. Now, in Genesis 11, 1, it says the whole earth had one language and one speak, and it came to pass as they journeyed east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Then they said one to another, come and let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower, the top, uh, uh, whose top is up to heaven, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Now, today we'll only go so far in this. We'll pick up on this again next week. But I want you to understand, most of my life I've thought when I read that verse that they were building this tower to make it tall enough to escape another flood. That's, that's not what happened. This tower was built in a valley. If they'd been trying to escape a coming flood, they would have built it on the hills that surrounded it. Secondly, their fear of being scattered was not just a situation where, uh, where the people would be physically scattered. They knew, they had entered into something uh, where they were able to share all of the knowledge that had been passed down by the Nephilim, that had been passed down by fallen angels. And they shared that knowledge. And uh, you know, what's really interesting is uh, on, in Genesis 11:5, God says, look, these people, got, they've got one language. Nothing can be withheld from them. Now, I want you to realize God does not mind man having secrets, but he does mind evil men having the secret knowledge. Because if evil men have this secret knowledge, they will control and destroy planet Earth. Well, and I want you to understand something. Uh, evil loves centralized power. They hate individuality. And they always try to use government to replace God. And then they attempt to recreate man in the likeness and the image of the government policies instead of in the likeness and the image of God. And then they establish their own version of good and evil. And that's what's happening in America and in the world today. Evil is called good. Good is called evil. The foundations of the world are upset. And the real truth is uh, uh, the evil in this world, the evil elitists are doing everything they can to take over, like I say, the entire world, the assets of the entire world, and 
to usher in a godless society that they will control all of the resources. But here's the great thing. If you know, in fact, that God has won all of these other battles, he, you know, uh, he empowered man to win the battle against the Nephilim. He, you know, and, and when it got so bad that there was no surviving, then he brought the flood to save the human race. And then when Nimrod came on the scene, he scattered, he scattered them abroad to protect the human race. God has won every battle that has come to steal our lives and our nation. And I got news for you. He, he's going to win the next one. And when you know this and you have the patience and the faith of the saints and you know, in fact, exactly what is going to happen, God is going to win. I'm telling you what, we're going to walk with him. Listen, if you want more information about this, be sure and get the series right now. You can start on it tonight and I'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.